0: Hey guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today, buddy? Not too bad, yourself? I am not too bad. It was a really good weekend of Fantasy Footy, actually. There were some massive scores. Absolutely huge scores. What bad. did you What did you end up on in uh, Classic? Uh, question Without Notice. Yeah, exactly. Um, I finished up on 22-23. Oh, jeez, Which too... was very good. Um but unfortunately I'm doing that bad generally this year that I'm still struggling overall. Yeah, no, I've got the same sort of thing. I mean, I've got 2279 or something like that, but yes. I, I think that was probably on par. Like 2250 seemed to be a, a pretty good par score this week. Yeah, this is probably my best score of the year and it still wasn't par. Yeah, are you still rolling with a, with Goldstein in the ruck? I am. Oh, it's, it's unfortunate. I think that that's what was holding me back at the start of the year, and getting Grundy in for the last three weeks has just been a godsend. I think he's scored about 200 points, almost more, over the past I'm two not weeks. I'm blaming it on Goldie. i blaming it on the fact that I had to field a few rookies this week Yeah, because think, of all the, um, the players out. Oh, so many. Um, we were going to get into the round-by-round action as we normally do in just a minute, but I just want to throw a couple of stats your way really, really quickly, and okay, just, okay. just ask your opinion on them, because... I've found talking to yeah, a you've lot. You've completely thrown me. Yeah. This is not how we do things. Yeah, this is. You're not used to this. No. But I've spoken to a few fantasy people over the past couple of days, and I've thrown a few players their way, and they're really hesitant to go with them because of past history. They're really doing a bit of, you know, judging a player by the, uh, you know, almost the cover, judging a book by its cover, right there. Okay. Um, so, so you you want to throw some stats at me and see I wanna, whether I take them without the name? Value yes, attached. I want to just throw you some raw stats. Okay. And see how you feel about these players before I actually give you their names. Yep, okay. All right, so first up, we've got a midfielder. Mm-hmm. He is averaging 110.6 points for the year. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's seventh overall for midfielders, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, got a season level of 86, but no other score below 96. So yep. pretty decent in terms of your average. How many games played? 10. Right All ten. Uh, six 100 plus scores, four 120 plus scores. So he's got a pretty decent ceiling. High of 152 for the season as well. So pretty big roof there. Yep. He's got a break even of 92, decent buy structure as well. And he's only 735k. All right, so we're talking from a salary cap perspective. Yes, so this is all from a salary cap perspective. All of these guys oh, okay, I'm throwing out. I was assuming they are from a draft sorry, because no. it sounded like you were trying to trade them to people. No, all of these guys are from a salary cap perspective because realistically all of these guys are gone. Um, and you would have to pay pretty high for them at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's so, why I assume you were trying to on-trade them to someone. No, 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 no no, cool. no, no, no. All right, so can you go through those again? Because I actually wasn't listening from a oh, central perspective. <laughs> All right, 110.6 average. Eighty Season low of 86, but he hasn't scored below 96 after that. Yeah. Uh, six 100-plus scores, four 120-plus scores. Uh, 152 is his highest, so great ceiling. Mm-hmm. And he's only 735k with a good buy structure. Sounds good. But I uh, also take into account what team he's playing for and what his run home in finals are okay. when I'm deciding on line ball guys. Uh, I mean that's that's tough. I mean uh, if you can tell if you tell me what what team he plays for. All right, West Coast. West Coast. Um, yeah, they're not the worst for scoring and they're not the best for scoring. So yeah, um, yeah on the raw numbers he sounds reasonable. What's Andrew Gaff? Yeah, okay. I still how, think he's reasonable. How comfortable do you feel though with Andrew Gaff in your classic side? Because that's the other thing. Like, all of these guys are great draft picks, mm-hmm. but Andrew Gaff has burnt a lot of classic coaches before. But on the raw numbers, he's having an incredible fantasy year. Like, this is statistically amazing. Yeah, um, I guess he's not one I would usually think about for classic, but that's probably just because he's not someone I think about. Playing St Kilda this week as well, which is definitely a, a, a good, a good. Uh, matchup. yeah. Um, tough to say i tough for me to say get him in this week because he's got the buy the first up buy in round twelve. Mm-hmm. But he'd be a great trade up target when after his first buy and he'll cover you through the remaining two rounds. Yep, yeah so, that's definitely a positive. Um, yeah, I I'd be quite comfortable with him. I think he's more a point of difference type player. So oh, if yeah. you feel you need to bring oh, obviously it's a point of difference, mm. but if you're I'd be looking at him potentially as a, you need to get a leg up on someone. Yeah. See, the thing is, you know, we are on scores and we've had 10 rounds, so it's been a pretty good sample size so far. Mm -hmm. On raw scores, this is the seventh highest averaging midfielder. Players Mm -hmm. like Dangerfield, uh, like Gary Ablett, all those guys, um, Dusty Martin, obviously, Zach Merritt, they've all completely fallen away in terms of scores. Yeah. So... Realistically, we have to reshuffle what we think is the highest premium scorers, mm-hmm. as opposed to what was happening last year. So it may be like that. Some of these guys, like Andrew Gaff, are pushing their way up into premium status. It's mm-hmm. really yeah. it's hard to say, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's just outperformed a lot of other players. I've got a. Couple- uh, i have got I will. I agree with you there. The one thing that I would add on is yes, he's done it for ten weeks. Mm-hmm. However, what's really important is what he does from here on. Yeah, that's true. So it's whether you back in those. Fallen premiums to actually recapture their form and finish the year off stronger than someone like a Gaff. Yeah, and uh, I, you may not necessarily feel that they will, but that's that's up to your own it's, individual assessment. I mean, it's just tough. Like, do you take a, a jump on someone like a, a Dustin Martin or like a, a Dangerfield or someone like that who have fallen away considerably? On the basis of what we've seen this season, I wouldn't be. No, I yeah. probably would take Gaff over them. It's tough. Merritt is the only one that I might might. I've just got this gut feeling that he can step up, but I'm not sure. But yeah, so I've got a couple of others. Just uh, First one is a forward. Mm-hmm. So averaging 95.3, which puts him 7th overall for forwards. So this is a point of difference guy. 95.7th um, to yep. forwards, yep. Uh, but then again, one of the top averaging forwards is still Justin Westoff, who I don't think is going to be there at the top at the end of the year. Uh, he's averaging more than Franklin, Hogan, Menegola, and Sicily. So those are some of the big guys that are being talked about as top six. Uh, has only three poor scores in the 60s this year. One, Only one of those has been since a role change. So there has been a role change, a couple of bad scores at the very start of the season. Yeah. Five 100-plus scores, four of them 110-plus. So he's got a pretty good skilling, uh, ceiling with a high of 130 as well. Mm-hmm. Only 650K with a break-even of 78. numbers sound good. As a forward. The numbers sound incredible. good. He plays for Fremantle. His name is Ed Langdon. Ah, uh, uh, Yes. This is a really, really interesting one for me. I mean, to be completely honest, he's got Carlton, the Pies, the Crows, and the Lions coming up as his next four. Mm. Those are good teams to score against, maybe with the exception of the Crows, but then again, they have given up some scores to particularly Melbourne this past week. Yeah, so hey, geez, it's, what, what was, was his price and break even again? Uh, Six hundred and forty nine with a break even of seventy eight. I'm slightly biased on him because I picked him up in my keeper league. Yeah, So I've been enjoying his scores for the last month or so. I bet you have, but he wouldn't be too bad for Classic either. But this role change has really brought about a high I scoring. I wouldn't mind it, to be honest. It's I mean, it, it depends on how much longer the Hill brothers are going to be out for me. Because I think when they come back in, well, his Stephen, role may shift again. Stephen Hill played this weekend, and he just scored 106. Brad Hill might be some time away. So yeah. it's very, very interesting. Um, and I don't think that they would considering Brad Hill will have to work his way back in the form, that they will immediately take Ed Langdon out of a role that he's been dominating. Mm. So he's consistently been in Frio's best. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I, I don't mind that one. Mm. Definitely a point, a point of difference, yep. like you said. Though. The last one as well, another midfielder averaging 109.2, which is 8th, just behind Andrew Gaff. Mm-hmm. So technically still in the top eight. Uh, season low of 83, but apart from that, you know, he's got seven 100-plus scores, two of them 120-plus. So he doesn't have a massive ceiling, but he does have that good consistency over 100 there. He does have one high, a high of 143, though. So one week he has gone bang. He's 731K, mm-hmm. and he's got a break-even of 78. Mm-hmm. Something a little bit different there. And he plays for? he plays for, well, I don't want to give that away just yet. Uh, what are you, On those raw stats, raw stats there. Yeah, they sound reasonable. They, they do sound good. Uh, David Zaharakis. Can you, can you go through the consistency type ones again? 109.2. He's had a season low of 83 with two other scores in the high 90s. We're talking 96 and 99. Mm-hmm. And all of his other scores have been 100 plus with two of them 120 plus, including a 143. Yeah, those aren't the sort of scores that I normally associate with Zaharakis. Taggers have all been focusing on Zach Merritt, and I don't see them stopping that for the rest of the year. So it means Zaharakis has been running free like crazy. And yeah, he plays well when he's free. And Essendon have just got that bit of a, a jump start to their year. Mm. It's really interesting for me. I mean, he could be a top eight forward at the end of the year. Midfield. Um, top eight midfield, apologies. Yeah. But even if he's not a top eight, he'd be a serious good point of difference maybe somewhere around about that ninth or 10th position Yeah, I'm actually shocked he's rated that high because he's always kind of been that inconsistent he has though. it's really really strange mm. uh, just having a look at them and you know when I mentioned that to fa- some other fantasy coaches they all shied away but on the pure stats when you don't just judge the book by its cover mm. he's having a terrific year and I don't see any reason for it stopping Tough. yeah but I mean there is benefit to the name sometimes like mm. Take, going back to Langdon, for example, yep. yeah, the raw numbers are amazing, but he is a young player in a developing side and that does have to be taken into account. Interesting. Um, Zaharakis, yes, he's having a great year, but, you know, over the journey, there have been queries on his consistency. There have, and Gap as well has had those questions, particularly with what how he deals with a tag, yep. which so, he's sort of thrown away a little bit this year because he's yep. getting a bit more contested ball, yep. but... In saying that, you know, like you say, a player's history does play a factor. Yeah, I don't think you can completely disregard it, but you, by the same token, you can't give it too much weight. You've got to have a bit of balance in exactly the the making. There'd be a lot of people out there who'd have Andrew Gaff, David Zaharakis, maybe since the start. When I say a lot, a few people, <laughs> and they would be reaping the rewards for those choices. Yeah, but Sorry. they would have been pretty ballsy choices to make. Oh, yeah. The oh, if yeah. I had to choose, like, I would probably take Gaff out of those three. Mm. Um, Langdon, I've got a bit of a soft spot for at the moment, but I'm not sure if I could bring myself to do it in Classic or not. Yep. Uh, ballsy move, if you do, that, could pay off handsomely. Zahra, because the one I'll be most iffy about. I like Gaff as well because he's been playing well without Chewy. He was playing well with Chewy in the side, and when Chewy comes back in, it just means one more target for taggers out there. So less yep. likelihood that Gaff will get that hard tag. So yep. just keep an eye out on those players. We're going to dive back right into Sorry. the uh, round by round, but that was fun to go through a couple of those players with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, first game of the round, that was the uh, the Pies and Bullies yes. on Friday night. Uh, I mean, just a great fantasy game. It's always a good fantasy game with Collingwood, isn't it? It was. It's yes, great it to was watch. good watching the uh, the scores pile up in oh, this one. Huge scores. I mean, Collingwood had what? We're looking at about seven players there who scored plus one hundred, and then a fair few in the nineties. There were. It was a uh, what do we got here? Something like eight or nine players across both teams cracked the time, which it is was huge. Brilliant. I mean, Adam Trelaw continues his outstanding season since a, a little bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brody. Gr- Brody Grundy, geez, he's—I mean, he's just the best ruckman in, in the league at the moment. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he, he is at the moment. Um, he was playing against the ruckless. Oh yeah. um, bulldogs though. So as we always say, take that into account against uh, them. Definitely, yep. Yeah. But he's—he's uh, he's been averaging that pretty consistently. I mean, real—I think he's, oh, he's close to the third. I think he's the third highest averaging player for the year, uh, just behind McRae and Tom Mitchell. Yeah, no, I agree. He is the number one rockman at this stage. Tommy Phillips is having an outstanding season. For those who picked him in draft leagues, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to pry him away from mm-hmm. an owner without a really, really big deal. So yeah. I wouldn't try and pay overs there. Yeah. No. Hoskin Elliott, good week from him. Uh, Pendlebury and Crisp, you know, they're they're just being more consistent every week. Yeah. we talked about do we trust the Collingwood half back line last week? All right, let's go through. Yep, yeah. Crisp 109. Yep, yeah. great score. Uh, Matty Scharenberg 91. You completely skipped Lyndon Dunn on ninety-two. I I am completely skipping (laughs) Lyndon Dunn for a reason. There is a reason for that. All right. Langdon, 91. Langdon, 91. Uh, We had... uh, Main was actually playing in the back half. He was. It was really interesting. Yeah, 88 was a solid score from him, but, I mean, we don't really count that. Uh, Howe was the one that fell away this week, 57. We we backed in Howe last week, didn't we? We did. That's I actually tough. brought him into my classic side last week. Oh, no. But um, the method behind that madness was that I was versing him in keepers, and I was like, this way I win either way. Either I curse <laughs> him, and I benefit in keepers, or I get hammered by him in keepers, but I actually benefit in salary cap. you got to love some of those superstitions sometimes. Yeah, but for the Collingwood well. half-back line, they are becoming more trustworthy, but there's there seems to be, instead of three or four average scores a week, there seems to be two or three really good scores and then one really poor, poor score. Yeah. It's just I I blame this score for how on Dunn playing so well. Oh, he was really Dunn was really doing the intercepting in this game. Yeah, it was strange. But um and I I, mean, I think, think for some reason. I think Howe will definitely pick it up. Uh Important point for me is Jaden Stevenson. I think he needs to be moved on this week. He, would you like a score for him? Oh, yeah, press him. Go for it. It's, I don't uh, have one, but I'll tell you in a second. No, that's all good. It's He scored 59. That was below his break-even, so he is going to start losing you some money. And for me, if I was choosing between Waterman and Stevenson as who to get out this week, I would say get rid of Stevenson because he's going to lose you a lot more money a lot more quickly. Break-even of 74, but this week he does play Freo at the G. Tough. Yeah, totally. He's averaging 66, break even to 74. So, yeah, he does need to go. Um, I would probably be a little bit tempted to give him one more one more week against Freer. Yeah, one more week? Mm. Uh, I But uh, you don't want to hold too long and then be stuck with him. Exactly. You don't want him to score a, a 50 to a 60 or something like that and then lose considerably more money either. Uh, we'll move on to the Bulldogs because Toby McLean was close to the player of the round this week. He was amazing. Everywhere. And, I mean, 152, he's a must-have for forward lines. You just have to get him in there. Yeah, uh, you, you absolutely need him. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't win without him. If you get into your finals somehow without Toby McLean, you are winning those finals. Uh, Jack McRae, 113. Just keeping on, keeping on. i will just, just going back to McLean. He yes. is currently 732,000, average of 107. break-even of 80. He plays in Melbourne this week. So hmm. he's only owned by 14.8% of teams. Really? really that is surprising I think those yeah. guys need to really work at getting him in as so soon as possible his break even is very achievable he, he has more money to make so mm. you're not paying top dollar for him yet no definitely bring him in as soon as possible Luke mm. uh, Dalhouse nice little game from him but he's a draft guy only this year I mean he's he's been too inconsistent yep. for the entirety of the season it's so far uh, yeah and then a little bit of a fall away from most of the other players Lockie Hunter with 88 we'd be expecting much mm. more than that from mm. him you know who did impress me? Who was that? Ed Richards. Yeah, yeah, he, he was actually great. looked really, really good, and not necessarily from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he scored well. Yeah, but he looked dominant in this game. Agreed. He was getting the ball and just running. Agreed. Yeah, he looked great. So um, he is. We're looking at Ed Richards. He's probably made his money already. He's three hundred sixty-seven thousand. Yep. Yeah. Um, breaking in of thirty. He's only averaging fifty-nine. So this was a. Game out of the blue from him. He's been going at about sixty odd, fifty to sixty odd. But um, yeah, but this was a really impressive game from him. Yeah, interesting. Um, Definitely interesting for keepers. I was just going to say, look at him in keepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got. I mean, they they were looking for that half back flanker who could run, break the lines. Mm-hmm. This looks like the kind of guy they were after. So yep. great pick up by the bullies, and hopefully a great pick up for you guys out there because he is available in a lot of keeper leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, not too many others I really want to talk about. I mean Bailey Watch. Oh, we've very got quickly, Bailey, Bailey Watch, Watch every week. Bailey Williams again dominated Dale. We've got eighty to forty-nine. Yep. Just uh, I think we're we're seeing some tiers evolve here. Uh, <sighs> I think we have Bailey Williams and number one Bailey Fritch. Probably uh, a tier above everyone else at this stage. Yeah, significantly. I mean Bailey Williams is doing very well, but Fritsch is still a tier he's above. The, he's, yeah. the leader. He, he's the best Bailey. We should probably do like a leaderboard of Bailey's at some point. Oh god. We we should, we should. Maybe <laughs> we'll do that over the buys. <laughs> well, we definitely will. With over a bottle of Bailey's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, actually not over a bottle of Bailey's. No, <laughs> Alright, we'll skip on to the next game. Which ooh, ooh, Bunchy Bunchy Pally, is probably sixty. Yeah. I didn't really want to bring it up because Bont doesn't hold a lot of interest for me in Classic this year because he's not being given forward status, and I don't think he'll get it with this second lot coming out either. I do know that you're fairly filthy about that. And, in, I mean, he's just not doing a lot for drafts either. In keeper leagues, you could probably go after the owner and try and get Bontembele a lot cheaper than you would have got him at, say, the end of last year. But apart from that, I don't see too much value in him this year. All right, we'll move on then, yeah. Move on to the Tigers and Saints. Saints made it competitive for a lot of the game, but they just got overwhelmed at the end of it, 105 to 77. Mm-hmm. Man of the match for me was Josh Caddy. Oh, six goals. Six very goals, nice. six marks. He was everywhere in the forward line, 139 Dream Team points. He's actually, speaking of a player not to judge by their cover, <laughs> um, he's actually one that's been scoring very well. He's at had a ratio year. He's had an amazing Terrific year. Game. You're the one that keeps putting him down every week. Yeah, I'm... I just Not that I've stood up in his defence, no, I'll be honest. No, but if, if I'm but... being completely honest, I just don't have any fantasy faith in the Tigers. Now that Dustin Martin has really... I mean, with an 82 again this week, there's no limit to how pissed off I am about Dusty Martin, considering I still have him since the start of the season uh, <laughs> in Classic. It's it's almost like there's no one consistent player that you can bank on week after week going at or over 100. Um, no. Like who would you suggest out of there? Cochin doesn't do it every single week. (coughs) There there is no one I would be comfortable with from a salary cap perspective. No, obviously there's a lot of draft guys in every single team. I mean, even guys like Ben Jacobs for North Melbourne. North Melbourne's not a um, uh, inconsistent in in draft. Wouldn't you? Oh, well, have a look at his stats when he comes up because he's actually had a sneaky good year. Ben Jacobs way too inconsistent. But we'll we'll cover him. Yeah, we will cover him a little bit later. Um, Um, But you know, there's no one I would trust from a salary cap perspective. Heaps that are. Very playable in in draft leagues, yeah. Especially if you're streaming them off the waiver wire and that sort of thing, week to week, depending on the matchup. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's just no one there that I can spot from a salary cap point of view. Maybe Jack Higgins, considering he would still be in a lot of sides as a cash cow. And after all, 64 just now. Uh, his break even was 39 going into this week, so he does have a little bit more money to make. Jack Higgins, yes. Um, break even is 46, averaging 61.7. And... 11% owned, 366k. So, yeah, a little bit more money to make, yeah. but um, he's getting close to cutting. Yeah, may have to wait until the buy for Jack Higgins, I would suggest. Uh, we'll move over on to the Saints because uh, they had a fair few scorers there. Um, just very quickly, mm-hmm. um, before we do, Baca- Basha Hawley scored 10. Yeah, groin Been injury. injury he is out until after the buys. So, yeah. round 15, if you've got him. For some reason, moving on. In salary cap, obviously, if you've yeah. got him in draft leagues, just leave yeah, sure. him until after the buys. Uh, for the Saints, some big scorers there. Jack Stephen again, mm-hmm. really good year. Seb Ross, Jaron Geary was the one that really stepped up. He's available on a lot of waiver wires. Yeah, would be, yeah. and he smashed out a one hundred and twenty six. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I seem to remember him having a couple of good scores earlier in the year as well. He did, yes. And then he t- tailed away through the middle of the season. I think he was dropped at one stage in the year as well. He's that captain, he would not have been dropped. Was he dropped or was he... Might? He may, have, may have had an injury-affected game, now that I think about it. He um, would not have been dropped. But before this week, he was only averaging 68 for the season. Right, oh, so, from him. yeah, there's, there's really not a lot that I could say to make you think that Jaron Geary will continue averaging 100 plus in defense Jimmy Webster on the other hand oh, Jimmy Webster's been terrific Jimmy Webster has surprised me with his consistency Uh, I think he's going at almost what's he averaging It'd be over 90, i 90, 90. say. 90.9. 90.9, jeez. I mean, you've missed the boat in for him in drafts, which is where he's probably most applicable. Oh, yeah, of course. He's 95% owned, but he's had some great scores. I mean, year. you say that, but in salary cap, jeez, there's not a lot of defenders out there that I would trust be on the top two or three. You know, Laird, maybe Jake Lloyd, and even Jake Lloyd you can't trust some weeks. <laughs> Um, yeah, Webster is 588,000, averaging 90.9, like I said. break even is 75. 588, that's cheap. Jesus. That's, that's interesting to look at. I, I wouldn't have the guts to do it in uh, Classic, but... No, me neither. But he scores this year 80, 95, 72. Then he misses three weeks, 195, 98. 69 and 118. Yes. So there's only two that are really bad in there. Mm-hmm. And even those are sort of semi-startable. Good scores. And then Jake Kyle, Carlisle obviously has to go big before he gets two weeks off. 100, <laughs> 110 from him. He's just like a, a Scotty Thompson almost. Every once in a while, those key defenders will have a big, big week because they'll get a lot of intercept marks. And this was Jake Carlisle's week. So don't read anything too much into that. Uh, a funny one for me was Jack Billy's. He's <laughs> he's pretty much... like. He's just indestructible in a lot of sides at the moment because he's just eking out okay scores, and we've got other problems to deal with. I mean, a lot of people would have planned to get him out last week, and then the devastation of the last minute team selections with, you know, losing Finlayson, Murray for some reason. There was a third one, too. Um, Caulfield. Caulfield, yeah. Jeez. Like, they came out of nowhere, so a lot of people would have been forced to keep Billings. He's basically a cockroach. He's surviving nuclear bombs. <laughs> and he's he's going to be in my team until well after the buys, so I think. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. I'm, I'm planning to get him out, but at least these scores mean that hopefully he will reach some sort of break-even equilibrium and maybe not lose too much money for the next few weeks. Mm. Anyone else there you want to talk about? Uh, the rookies, I guess. Yeah. Edif- Logan Austin, first game, mm. uh, 97. His break-even is a negative 16, but... My understanding is he's a key defender, isn't he? Yeah. So I wouldn't be looking at him unless he had no other options. He's 222k. Logan Austin would have gotten a fair few as well because they were playing on Richmond. Richmond decided to bomb it in a lot this game. And as a result, some of those backs, like obviously we've already talked about Jimmy Webster, Geary, Carlisle, Austin they all got a lot of intercept marks because Richmond don't have a key forward when Jack Rebock gets injured. This is true. Um, Bailey Rice. We have another Bailey for the Bailey Watch. Yeah, we do. Good score from him. 75. He's been good the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, Negative 11 is his break even. Mm -hmm. 225k at the moment. And still then the very cheap. third one, Ed Phillips is still going. Edward Phillips is doing very well. Um, I will find his stats in just a sec. Well, he had a negative break even last week and scored 74 this week. So he's got, got a lot mid- of money still to -4, make for Negative four, 288 k. So, um, yeah, Phillips is the one to hang on to. Bailey yeah. Rice is doing enough to bring in if you're interested. Absolutely. Um, just before I move on, interesting one to look at there is Dunstan right down the bottom of the pile. Geez, unfortunate, unfortunate from him. He was off injured for some of the game. Yeah, I think was, it, was he? I can't quite remember. I know someone was off for a lot of the game, uh they were basically on the stationary bike for a good two quarters, and then got brought back on in the last I that quarter. Was somebody else. I don't think that was him. It was a very strange move. I just thought that they would be automatically ruled out, and they brought him back on in the last quarter for some reason. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was someone else. But he was carrying something for the game. All right, we're moving on to the Lions and Swans game. Good, mm-hmm. pretty. I mean. The Lions are being really competitive this year. They, there's not too many games this year when they've been blown out of the water, which is a good sign for them. That's one of the first things that you like to see on teams that are starting to rise up. It's great. And uh, Sydney Swans just got there in the end, 67-49. to 49. Uh, There weren't too many great scores on the Sydney ledger. I mean, yeah. they're really drifting almost to fantasy irrelevance this year, aren't they? They're getting close because they have such a spread of talented players who are great from an AFL perspective but not so much combined from a fantasy yeah, perspective. almost becoming Richmond-esque. That's, 100, that's exactly the right call. That's it. They They've got becoming guys that Richmond. will be good each week, but you're not sure which ones they are. And like you said, they're spreading the talent and the ball around, so mm. nobody's really dominating. Yeah. Josh Kennedy had a great game this week, and this was a Josh Kennedy kind of game. It was a bit wet up there. ball mm-hmm. was slow and hard, so Kennedy goes hands on it and scored 113 this week. But beyond that, we had a couple of scores in the 90s. Isaac Heaney's doing just enough. What he's been doing all year. Pretty much. He's scoring almost between 95 and 100 every week. George Stewart decided to remind everyone he's still alive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jake Lloyd, after a massive score last week, scores well enough. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, happy with that from a defender, considering some of the defender scores this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, beyond that, I mean, Ben Ronke's still doing well as that cash cow. He's got money to make. Uh, I'll check his stats because I think last week we told people they'd missed the boat on him from he, memory. No. Nah, yeah, well, you wouldn't get him in, but he, he's a hard hold. I mean, he had a negative break even last week and he scored a 70, so that's terrific. Um, the... <laughs> sure. So he's 409,000. Mm-hmm. Break even is 28, averaging 79.8, so he's got heaps of money still to he's make. He's great. Um, Luke Parker is still a depressing puddle of poorer fantasy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just really, really sad what... Parker is putting out this year. I mean, I thought that he would bounce back after he's what... had a couple of bad years. He really, really has. And I I can't really put that down to his form because he plays very well and you notice him when he's on the park. But he's just not converting that into fantasy scores. And I don't know if that's necessarily because he's been playing forward a lot more. Mm. It's it's really just a tough call. But I think you're spot on with that call of um, uh, they're <laughs> becoming a bit Richmond-esque. They're not the only club. There's a few clubs that I've noticed that are starting to go that way. Yeah. Uh, Rookie to keep an eye out for is Riley Stoddart as well. Um, He's only scored 41 in this match. Tough game for him because he is a rebounding defender and he would have liked a few more marks. But he's a good young player and the Swans do have a history of promoting youth and getting the best out of their rookies. So In their first year and then they drop them forever after. Oh, oh, they do. Absolutely. But... So, Raleigh Stoddard, breaking even is 17, playing Colton this week, 178k. Yeah, so it's an interesting one to have a look at. um So, Brisbane, geez a mm. fair few scores from them. Stefan Martin, 137, massive. Beams, Rollo, Zorko, all scoring over 110. Christensen's back. Yeah, well, we've said it the past couple of weeks. Christensen's been back for a little while now, and it's annoying because everyone dropped him after two bad games, and... This is pumped out a few hundreds in a row. This is true. Frustrating. Um, yeah, averaging 77 now, 498k. No, I no, you, there's no way you'd bring it back in, but Man. if you, if you, for some reason, you still stuck with Christensen in your side... There's 18.8% of teams still have him. There'd be a lot of ghost ships there. But. There would be a lot of ghost ship teams, but... For those who have just been stuck with him for, you know, having one too many issues every single week, yeah. hold on to he's him. He's in, great, big, it's so. he's in great form and he's going to make you a little bit more money. Yeah. Um, Jared Berry, every single week we've said this, he's consistent. He's mm-hmm. actually put some consistency together and he's playing a good fantasy game. The other one is McCluggage has actually taken mm. some real steps this year. Berry yeah. and McCluggage, the midfield of the future for um, Brisbane. Yeah. Some really good signs there from a fantasy perspective. They've good sort of skeleton there with Barry McCluggage you've got um, Alex Witherton in the back line Um, Harris Andrews obviously not from a fantasy point of view but those guys are really really talented so it's interesting to see what they could put together with this list Mm. anyone else you want to talk about there from Brisbane no, nah, not really. Yeah, no, nah, not not too many other players that I'm too interested. In. Oscar McInerney is plugging away slowly, it's, it's making money. Still, <laughs> it's going. It's still going, very, very slowly. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. That was Geelong v Carlton. Geelong won this a little bit easily in the end. To be honest, it was a bit yeah, routine. Mm. Uh, some good scores in there. Sam and a goaler 120 after a few up and down weeks recently. Tom Stewart, I mean, he's, he's just having a great year. He's just draft gold this year. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield bounced back this week. Now, he's the really interesting one for me. Okay. Very, very interesting. He is 699K this week. So that is cheap. I mean, you are getting him ridiculously cheap there. Yeah. He is a break even of 99 from memory, is that right? Correct. Break, break even from of 99. He should reach that, so he's bottomed out in price. And there is a small, small chance that he may get forward status soon because he has been playing a lot of time up forward. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but even if you've got him as a midfielder, he's Patrick Dangerfield. So you can rely on him to some extent. Yeah, he's... Um... I mean, he hasn't had the best year so far. He did have a little bit of an injury-affected start, of course. We all remember that. Yes, yes. He has... Played predominantly for this game. Um, mm-hmm. I, It would take me more time to look at this stats for other games, but, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of there to really comment. Well, it's just, uh, I mean, for that price, getting Patrick Dangerfield um, just under 700 k Oh, it's a dirt cheap price for him, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, him, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of moves this week, and actually my early moves, because I had a little bit of money stored away, mm-hmm. will be someone up to Tom Rockliffe in the forward line and someone, Pro- Tim Kelly. Of course, we're going to mention him in just a second. Yes. Up to Patrick Dangerfield in the midfield. Now, I mean, that's that's a perfect move. Tim Kelly has bottomed out. Should so that, sure we talk about him now? Yeah, he is. I mean, fifty-seven is just not enough. Yeah, break-even is ninety. Yeah, he's not going to reach that in the form he's in. I think he's tired a little bit. You know, this is his first year of AFL football, and that does happen. Yeah, he's only by forty-two percent of teams, so I suspect that is going to be dropping steadily this week. Yeah. And like I said, that's a good move. I think it only costs you about 150k to go from Tim Kelly to Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, a little bit less than that, I think. He's a h- four hundred and seventy-seven at the moment. Oh, there so you go. So it's 125k to get up to Dangerfield. That is a great. 125? 225? Uh, no. Oh yeah, good call. 225. Yeah, good call. Yeah, my maths very very bad. I've got out maths by me. I know. So that, that's really sad. Actually, you have a long history. I can't even do <laughs> <for math. basically. laughs> Well, clearly I can't either after missing 100K. Um, so, I mean, that's a great move, though. If you can get him up to someone like that, that's terrific. Uh, I do know that a really cheap move as well would be to get trade Tim Kelly to Tom Rockliffe. Yeah, that's Tom, the one I'm looking at at the moment. Tom Rockliffe is 560-odd K. I've got an idea. It's about 60 or 70K. So, uh, that's dirt cheap. And even if you have to deal with him in the midfield for a week, if you can't pull a switch, somehow roll him into the forward, and then switch him later on, it's perfect. So either one of those moves, fantastic. Anyone else you want to talk about in particular from the Cats? No, I can't really spot anyone there. So I think we should move on to Mm -hmm. Carlton. Yeah, let's move on to Carlton. Cade Simpson, he seems to just be doing this this year. He's getting either 120 plus. Or sub-70. He's going 60 or 120 plus. So, I mean, that's going to average out to be somewhere around 95. So he's still going to be a top six defender at the end of the year. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just with a horrible standard deviation. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago that Cruiser is a good point of difference Rockman. If you want something a little bit uh, not the same, not vanilla like Gorn and Grundy or Gorn and Martin. Um, and Cruiser has been going pretty well this year. So he's had that massive injury affected game in one of them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but apart from that, he's actually got some pretty decent scores. Yeah, yep, six hundred and thirty-one k break even at ninety-two. Yeah. So yeah, you're not really getting any value there, but you're you're getting what you're paying for. Dirt cheap as well. Um, uh, it's Ed Kernow. I mean, we've been yes. saying for some time that he's a must-have in the midfield. Yep, for the past few weeks. Uh. Would you say that this is the week that you have to bring him in? Otherwise, he's just going to become a bit too expensive. I mean, he's getting up to 800k. So, what's he this Uh, week? 780k. Yeah. His average and his break-even are both exactly 118. Uh Uh-huh. Plays Sydney, which is actually the sort of game that suit him. That is the sort of game that'll suit him. He'll probably be stuck onto, like, JPK or something for the entire game, and he'll get a ton of tackles. Yeah. So, I don't know. It could benefit him this week. Yeah, I look. I don't know that he's a must-have. Oh no, I don't know that this is the week you have to get him. Mm-hmm. But I think he's very relevant for salary cap this year. Mm-hmm. I've been really happy since I picked him up. Yeah, he's. I bet you have it. Um, And I bet you are ha- ha- well, probably not so happy that he missed the week. Not overjoyed, but glad it was just a week, and he's back now. Yeah, which is great. Uh, Paddy Dow, this was the breakout game everyone was waiting for, but it came eight weeks too late, unfortunately. <laughs> Intent, uh, yeah. 96 was terrific score on the guy. He does have fantasy chops. He's going to be a great fantasy player in the future. He just hasn't structured his game well for fantasy this year. Mm, no. So, this is a good sign for him, though. Yeah. It'll give him confidence to move forward with. <laughs> yeah, he was averaging 50 before this game, and he's pumped out at 96 in round 10. That's just not good for fantasy coaches. Mm, but, you know, it. it Yeah. yeah. Basically, it is what it business is. Business as usual with him, but this is a good sign for keeper. it coaches that have a great for keeper coaches and a lot of keeper leagues you would have picked him up in the draft this year. He probably wasn't mm-hmm. waiting on your waiver wire. No. Um yeah. had he Cripps I, rem- I seem to remember reading something today that may be under an injury cloud. Yeah, he did have a little bit of an issue there. He got a, a corky. Um mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. I think it was a thigh corky. Um I think some, he should play through that then. Yeah, so he still had like 31 touches with seven marks and four tackles. So I mean, he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you come up against an injury like that. It's hard to run out a game with a Corky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's not too much else. I'm I'm still waiting to see how their back line gets structured once Marchbank gets in, because he should be back in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Cade Simpson goes scoring-wise from there and also how it affects Dale Thomas, because Dale Thomas got another 87. Good score from him. Yep, He's still <clears throat> cranking up some really good scores. But he's been scoring very well while Marchbank has been out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they bring him back into the mix in defence. It will, yes. Yeah. It will, but um, do you know what Marchback's return date is? Uh, It's looking like the next couple of weeks. I think he was a chance. He was in the mix this week, but Mm -hmm. he just didn't get up. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think we might push on to the next game, actually, which was GWS Essendon, and Essendon just romped home in this. GWS didn't didn't stand a chance. I mean, their injury list is just ridiculous. They've got so much talent on there. But also, the, oh, was it uh, was it in our chat today that somebody said their injury list could probably win a premiership? Yeah, they, they did. That is that is untrue. But it's not <laughs> it's far not away from far true though. I mean, and we did hear today that uh, Delidio is out for another eight to ten weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, where's carbs again? The old man Calves. I mean, he just can't get past them, can he? No, it's ridiculous. No. Um, so, I mean, Essendon. David Zahara, we already talked about at the start, he was terrific with 143. Mm. Uh, Devin Smith, 113, and definitely one of the top six. I think that he was had a terrible first quarter as well; that he only scored about 15 points or something like that, and then dominated on mm. the way home. So he's he just, when he gets going, he can score in bunches, yeah, very yeah. very easily. He's like the juggernaut, basically. You know, <laughs> once he gets going, you can't stop him. Um, Dyson. <laughs> And we'll move on. I thought you'd like that. Uh, Di- did, yeah. Dyson Heppel, 103. He's, he's a tiny juggernaut. He's a joke now that I think about <laughs> he's it. He's <a> tiny juggernauts. <laughs> yeah. um, Dyson Heppel, 103. He's he continues on with a good year. I mean, he's averaging just under or just on 105 for the year. I mean, he's done very well. And there's not a lot of midfield premium point of differences out there that you could uh, you know yeah, bank yeah. on scoring that every single week. And Dyson Heppel's been one of them. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. But if you do out there and if you're an Essendon fan, I don't hate it. Yeah, whatever he's doing seems to be working for him. Yeah. Even if it looks like he's living like at the ground. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> he's, he sleeps in the alley behind the MCG, Just basically. That's what it looks like at the moment. Uh, Zach Merritt, 98, just enough from him. I mean, we're hoping for more, but he's, he's just scraping by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Goddard, another pretty good week, 96. Yes, yes. If he keeps this up, I may have to eat my words, which I, I never enjoy doing. I think he will. Uh, Matt Guelphie, though, was the real plus for me. I mean, 92, he's had some good weeks. You should have used to as your risk it for uh, a third I time cre- running. I clearly should have, but I didn't. Ninety two. He was he was terrific. I mean, this was a really good score, and he's got a lot more money to make. So absolutely, yeah. just keeping uh, doing very well. Yeah, depending on how he's scoring as well, a lot of people would have been banking <laughs> on getting rid of him uh, in his bye week. He may still have some money to make. So we'll, absolutely, we'll, should. We'll, his break even is eleven. He's three hundred and seventy six k. Yeah, and I mean, he does play Richmond this week, but you think he can still beat eleven? Fairly easily, yeah. He did seem to have a lot of uh, uncontested possessions coming out of the back line this week. So, and they will be in their back line a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyone else you want to talk about there? Uh scroll Yeah, me. Jordan Ridley. I mean, that was a down game from him, forty-six. <laughs> but I think they'll give him another chance. I, I don't think they'll be. Uh, yeah, I think so. They won't be making too many changes we need to, to this team at the moment. So Patrick Ambrose has been pretty poor for a couple of weeks as well. So he's probably the first on the chopping block, if anyone. Um, mm-hmm. We move on to the Giants I mean Heath Shaw's been really good this year Like surprisingly good I think he's, uh, I wouldn't say it's that surprising well, Considering that but, Williams and Wilson Got out of that back half Good so. point, so he's averaging just on 90 So that's not too bad for a defender mm-hmm. uh, Cogs keeps getting it done I mean mm-hmm. averaging still over 115 for the year So he's, he's just terrific And mm-hmm. he's a must have as well Absolutely, yeah um, Jacob Hopper Right yeah. for draft teams that would have been holding him Because Bencholm. he's been really underwhelming this year He has, there's a lot of keeper leagues out there Who would still be holding Jacob Hopper I am one of them And he does this every once in a while Not a massive score, but he has just enough So if he can string a couple of these together That's all he needs to do um, Lockie Whitfield Good for 101 I mean, Shit. is is he a must have? I don't know in defence I'm not 100% oh. sure I think we went through a list last week, and he was about five or six. Yeah, maybe I say a must-have, but he's definitely in the conversation for um, that fifth or sixth spot. Yeah, you can probably squeeze him out a little bit there. So, um, Rory Lobb, good score from him, which is great from draft owners who would be a little bit worried about some of his early scores coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then just, you know, the regular Callum Ward with a mid-90s score. He does that every single week. Yep. Kelly Beck. And just yes. a lazy ninety-three. Yeah, just he'll, a lazy ninety-three. Build from that, he will. It will be great for. This him. isn't the week to bring him in, but no, he no. will. He will build and look to get him in later in the season. Um, just have a look at his numbers. Yeah, uh, just while you do, the big one for me was Tim Taranto with just fifty. I think he might have had an injury. He, I mean, not really. Uh, he, no, nah, he was just, he just wasn't near the ball. He just couldn't get near it. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I, it was really bad for his numbers as well to see him perform poorly in the the game game that Kelly Kelly comes back. Yeah, you've been worried about this all year. Yep, and I think that you might need to get him out now. Sideways trade from Toronto to Rockcliffe is looking like the go this week for me. It's not bad. Um, So, Kelly, um, break-even is 147 against Mm -hmm. Adelaide. Yeah, he's Um, he's not going to make that. He's not going to make that. He's 752k at the moment, so he will drop a bit in price. Uh, So you'd think that there will be an opportunity there uh, sooner rather than later to bring him in. At a bit of a um, <clears throat> discounted price. Good call. Possibly after his buy, which is around 13. Yeah, that, that's a great option, actually. So, wait until after the buy, then pick him up on the cheap. Uh, next game was West Coast and Hawthorne. Really good game. It was actually a close one, this one. Uh, and a couple of whopper scores in here. The first one was Andrew Gaff. I mean, we talked about him earlier. I... Um, I, I I don't have the guts almost and I'm the one who started the little segment saying don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> but I, I know what Andrew Gaff's done in the past. On the raw numbers, though, he is one of the better midfielders to have in your classic side this year. And, you know, the Eagles are going very well and they're scoring pretty well as well. Are, yeah, their top guys are scoring quite well. So, I can't argue that. Yeah, it's it's not hard to see why you shouldn't get him into your side. Um Nick Nanui, good score there with 100. And Redden keeps getting it done uh, after, over the past month or so. He's scoring 97 again this week. Salary cap worthy? No. Not yet. No, not yet. Um, Elliot Yo, this was a good score. And speaking of salary cap worthy, I mean, he's a salary cap must-have. He's one of the few defenders that I would say that you do definitely need. Yeah, you've talked me around on this one. His numbers this year have been good. Probably Laird and Yo were the two. I mean, Laird everyone has to have. But Yo would be the one just underneath that. He's averaging just What was he averaging? Just under 98 or something like that for the year, which is just ridiculous. Um, Yeah, but uh, apart from that, there were some poorer games from some of the guys that you would really hope to score well from West Coast. The big one is Jack Darling. I mean, he's had an amazing run so far this year. Mm, Only 58 this game. Yeah, and only 58. Uh, There was going to be a game or two where he was going to be well held. Hold Mm. on to him and see what he does in the coming weeks because... Well, I mean, he's got one week now until the bye. It might just be a bit of a slowdown, and then he'll power on after that. So, yep. yeah, I don't think you have anything too much to worry about, Jack Darling. Yep. Um, for the... Sorry, is there anyone else you want to talk about there? Not really from West Coast. I mean, we know what they're going to bring. There's a lot of draft guys in there, like Scotty set as a ruckman, Mark McCrath to some extent, Dom Shee, you know, players like that. But they're going to be well. The one thing I will then throw in is Waterman, three hundred and seventy-three k. Break-even is sixty-two. He's still mm-hmm. owned by twenty-six percent of teams. Th- I am one of those. I was just about to say. You think a lot of those are uh, ghost ships? No, there are there not. are a lot of teams still with him because there have been so many other issues, and he's been scoring pretty much on or around his break-even. Yeah, well, he's playing Saint Kilda this week, so you, you don't have to move him this week. Yeah, although sixty-two is a pretty high break-even, but sooner rather than later, yep. move him on. I like it. Um the uh, Hawks, Tom Mitchell is back. I mean, he's back to being a safe captaincy option. 135, great score from him. Um same with Isaac Smith, really good, solid score. Uh, Jaeger O'Meara is back after that confusing a lot of fantasy coaches out there. I mean, he needs to do this more consistently, basically. He's, we know that he can, but it's just annoying that he can't string a few of these together. So. Hopefully this week he pumps out another really big score. We'd love to see that. Yeah, I think he had that week off though, so he did. Yeah, he should be coming back a bit more rested and ready to go. Mm. I think he probably was getting a bit of fatigue. He hasn't played a lot of footy for the last few years. So. Yeah, that that's true. Um, um, Break even is seventy four, averaging eighty eight. So yeah. if you've still got him, don't stress too much. Mm. Uh, the interesting one for me is James Sicily there. So he scored. Uh, what's that? I think, 80? 80, 80 yeah. So, he's been in the last two... Right. right, I'll give you his last month. Yep. Okay? Since he had that suspension, mm-hmm. he's gone 135, 134... Mm-hmm. Sorry, 104, 71, 80. Mm-hmm. He's so up and down. It's really... I mean, the defenders... is like your opinion on him. Yep. You, you switch on him week by I week. Do, I do. And there's so many fantasy coaches out there that are doing it as well. I mean, I, I thought that he was a must-have because he's... Banking out some massive scores. I mean, 135 from a defender is gold. All right. But, all right, James Sicily. Yep. Is he in your fantasy site now? Yes, I brought him in last week. You're happy with that for the rest of the year? If yep. he keeps pumping out, Yeah, if he keeps pumping out 75s and 80s? All right, let me put it this way. His ceiling is probably at level or higher than Cade Simpson's. Yep. His basement, at the moment, is probably above Cade Simpson's. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Cade Simpson or Sicily? You're probably going Sicily. And a couple of players that you've picked out as well, especially last week, yes. were was the effect of Puapolo coming back into the side on Bruce and Gunston. Yeah, and I mean, this might just be um, the fact that it was a reasonably low-scoring game and that Eagles defended well. But yeah, Puapolo, 50. Eagle, um, Bruce 45. Gunston, 44. There's not enough to go around for all of them from a fantasy perspective. There's definitely not. I mean, like you say, West Coast probably have one of the better defences to deal with some of those guys because Brad Shepard is a very, very good forward and I believe that he was matched up on Luke Bruce for most of the game as well. Very very Um, good defender. Yeah, and, and then they've got some smaller guys who are pretty decent as well. So, players like Tom Cole, who's a pretty good defensive player, and of course, Brass and McGovern are actually more mobile than a lot of other key defenders so they can get across to some of the smaller guys. Yes. It's it's tough to say, but they ha- are having an effect. Yeah. And Bruce was doing very well before Popolo returned, and now yeah. he is not. Yeah. I think we've seen enough now to sort of say, look, um, jump off them in in drafts. Yep. Um, well, don't don't jump off them, jump off them, but don't go in expecting that they get he's going to be scoring the way he was previously. One hundred percent. Enough said on that. We'll move on. Shall we move on to the slaughter that was the demons and Adelaide Crows game? Wow, yes. It was insane. I mean, I'm not taking too much stock into this game's scores because they were just huge. I mean, Angus Brasher, 166, 122 from Neil Bullen. I mean, it just goes on. There's not too many players for the, the Demons who didn't score over That's, 85. But We've probably, everyone's known this for a couple of years now, but when the Demons click, they are a very high-scoring fantasy yeah. side. Yeah. Um, like Collingwood-level Coring, yeah. <clears throat> it's just it hasn't been clicking often enough lately. Yeah. But you see what happens in this game when it does click. The number of guys that turned up, and even like high nineties, is it's it's insane. It's huge, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, a, a lot take of t- them are more draft relevant type players, though. The one that is interesting to me is Angus Brayshaw. <laughs> he does seem to be back. He's had a couple of really good scores in a row, yeah. And he's still just cheap enough to bring into classic sides where you don't have too much of a risk involved. Yep. So his break even is twenty three. He's averaging ninety four now. Five hundred and ninety two k. He's it, like I say, he's Bit, cheap enough. It's, yeah. If this is the if you want him, this is the week to get him because I wouldn't be buying into him a high six hundreds and hoping that he maintains this. No. You you can take a punt on him this week. You can. He's playing the Bulldogs this week as well. Oh, so he which should score be. Very well. Yeah, which is a pretty. Um, Good scoring game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other one that's interesting is Tim Smith. I mean, he was one of the rookies bandied around last week, but not as many people went for him as, uh, like, Jordan Ridley, for example. Yep. Um, And he just proved everyone wrong. 107 is an amazing score. He's got a tiny break-even, definitely a negative break-even. And... I mean, if you want to get him, this is the week you have to get him. His stat line's pretty good too. Two goals, nineteen touches, six marks, six tackles for that hundred and seven. So he's, he's nice balance. He's not keeping this up though. I mean this is just is not oh no, going to happen no. every single week. But the he quite a balanced game for him. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, who else have we got I mean Jesse Hogan was terrific Christian Salem was amazing Petrarca was, was, was really good his best score of the year I reckon no he's had a couple of good ones in the past he's had oh, 290 plus scores yeah so right. he's, he's doing a little bit better of late since he came back from the from the dog bite <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um,
0: yeah so good from Spargo because Spargo's probably in danger of losing his spot I reckon absolutely agreed um, and yeah I think we'll, uh, we'll move on from Melbourne because like I say I don't want to take too much stock into these <coughs> into Fritch. these yeah ex- oh Fritch there we go. Bailey yeah Bailey watched 76 from Fritch his good run continues with this new role yeah still still loving it he's one of the lowest scorers for Melbourne as well with, with a solid 76 70. yeah that's just goes to show interesting as opposed to the lowest scorer from Adelaide crows which was Luke Brown on nine. So, that is very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, the other one to take a little bit of a look at would be, uh, I mean, realistically, we've talked about it for the past few weeks, but Hugh Greenwood is still getting it done. and he he looks, Four tonnes in a row. He, I he looks today. good. He's had four tonnes in a row, and I think two 90s before that. So, he has been very solid the last yeah. month and a half. You really like what he's doing. Um, Rory Laird, 125, just keeps getting it done week after week. Matt Crouch, we've said that you can realistically bring him in whenever you're ready. Uh, Bryce Gibbs is another really solid scorer with 92, but he's not done enough the past few weeks to guarantee that he's in the top eight at the end of the year. I mean, he was looking like he was was going to be second or so, um, you know, finish top two or three in, in that first month. Yeah, he's really tailed off since then. Still getting respectable scores, but nothing like he started the season with. Just back, quickly back to Matt Crouch, very quickly. Yep. Break-even of ninety-three, averaging ninety-two, six hundred and forty-four k. He's not going to get cheaper than this. So no. if you want him, now is the time. Now's the time to go out and get him. And lastly, before we move on, because again, this game just—I mean—it's not reflective of how both teams would perform no. normally. Um, Tommy Dode, good Tommy to see, good to see a solid score again from him. <laughs> he you. was the survivor. The Rockies were falling around in a Tommy Lee really <laughs> stood up. He's the only one that stayed in our sides. And we scored a respectable 74. Yeah, really, really happy with that. He's still, I mean, he's. 433k, 435k. There we go. say break even of 64. So he's still hitting thereabouts his break even. You can hold him until he's by. That's yeah. what I would say. Agreed. Just leave him in there. Um, We'll move on to the last game of the round because we have the Dockers and North Melbourne. Yes. Ugh, not good from the Dockers uh, North Melbourne did run over them in the end And yeah. uh, North Melbourne had some pretty good scorers uh, ben, ja- ben Jacobs, 114 from him Which was really high It's, it's strange to see Ben Jacobs You know, tagging Nat 5 yeah. And then being one of the highest so scorers So we were going to, to talk about Melbourne. Jacobs before Do you want to? Quickly. Yeah, not not really. I've had a look at some of his scores and he is inconsistent as hell. I mean, so, I, I did say he's got either going 60s or 100s really. Yeah. So, he's gotten uh, you know, 137, 180, 107, sorry, 86, 45, 63, 70, 119, 56, 78, and 114. So, so he's not even draft worthy. He's not even really streamable worthy because there is no rhyme or risen rhythm to where he plays. No, well, no, there's not. You would have thought that Fife would have he would have really tried to put a hard tag into Fife and Fife would have just either toweled him up mm. or Fife would have been, you know, toweled up himself and beaten soundly by right. Jacobs. But as it it seems like they just they just went head to head. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked it to basically be just a <laughs> just a clash in yeah. the end. It was really, really strange to see. But Ben Jacobs, good score this week. Uh, Kane Turner, no. No, we move on from him. He's, he's one of a number of streamable type options for drafts, well, but nothing else. To an extent, I mean, but you've really got to be a great fantasy picker. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah, yeah. I would not have plucked Kane Turner 102 out of this week. No, but, you know, they have a few of those types of guys which are True. like Kane Turner. And, it's, and just like Jared Waite, I mean, he's good enough, or he's averaging well enough that he could be kept in draft leagues. But you know he was averaging eighty before this week. Pulls out a ninety nine. He's just as likely to go forty five next week. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen Depends there. Play. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sean Higgins was pretty good, even though he was being tagged by Banfield. Yep, ninety nine from him. We, it's good to see him get away from a tag because that's one thing I, I don't see Higgins doing much of. No, I can't say that I watch enough no. North games to actually know. Yeah, agreed. Um. And, and then from there, you've got those those sort of draft guys, the depth players. Todd Goldstein isn't as popular in Classic this year, obviously, but as a draft guy, he's still doing well enough. Yep, Jed um, Anderson, another good score. Sad absolutely. Before. Not as good as he has been doing, but mm-hmm. still very solid. Oh, he's been he's been really solid this year, Pretty, actually. Yeah, uh, he's been a good draft pickup this yeah. year. Uh, poor scores from uh, some other draft, uh, uh, deeper draft league guys like Marley Williams, uh, Jack zebel, Forty six isn't enough from him. Ryan Clark, 41. Ryan Clark, forty one. Uh, Sam Wright, who's someone that I thought would do pr- relatively well. I mean, they do like the ball in his hands, but only a thirty from him. I, I just have trouble trusting a lot of North Melbourne players from fantasy points of view. So yeah, I tend to agree. We'll move on to the dockers because one a couple of guys that I really trust from a fantasy point of view this year is Nat Fife, who is dominating. He's in the top five forwards this year, or top five midfielders this year, apologies. Um, and he's going great. Hundred and twenty-eight this week. I mean, I, I think you've got to have him, to be honest. He's he's too good not to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Michael Walters is the other one When when Michael Walters is on the park Michael Walters scores well So he is averaging 89.1 When you take into consideration His um, injury afflicted score Which was quite low I can't remember exactly what it was But it was pretty low Mm -hmm. Um, That's a great average His break even is 73 He's Mm -hmm. 557k And he plays Collingwood this week He is going to go big that is um, going to be a big score. This could be a great weekend to pick him up. Yeah. Oh, geez, that is that is big. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Michael Walters, he's one of those forwards who he might be only on the precipice of the top six at the end of the day, but he, if you bring him in, he's going to be a great point of difference. But defense. when it all comes together for him, he's putting out 120s pretty easily. Every single week. And yeah. as a forward, that's gold. That's I mean, insane. If, if he's going 120 every week, I don't know, every two or three weeks for the rest of the year, he is finishing top six. True, true. Uh, good to see Luke Ryan put up another good score. He's a great drive guy. It's three good tons in a row. It is. Would you trust him in salary cap again? Because last year, at the end of the year, he was looking like a really, really good Ooh. defender, and a lot of people started the year with him this year. And then he definitely fell away, didn't yeah. He? Yeah. Um, but he? Like you say, he's had three good tons in a row. Is this the time that you can start to trust Luke Ryan? No, because at least one of those was when um, Wilson was out of the side. True, Um, and Wilson's only got a fifty-nine this week, so it might be building back into it. Yeah, and um, who's the other one that's been in and out of the side? Daniel Pierce, who does play a little bit off half. Yeah, Daniel Pierce. I don't know. The personnel just doesn't completely fill me with confidence. Having said that, if you Feel like taking a risk on on him? He's five hundred and seventy six k break even at forty six, averaging eighty six. Um, there's far worse options. Yeah, in your Agre- especially in the defense this year. Um- Ed Langdon already talked about him, but I'm a big fan of his fantasy credentials this year. Yep. I think he there's some slight consistency issues still. Mm-hmm. But once he um, smooths those out, I reckon he's going to be a great fantasy player for a few years to come. I like it. I don't really think we need to do the free or rookie roundup that we've been doing recently mm-hmm. because they've pretty much all hit their break evens. You need to start getting rid of these guys. If you've got any move them on. Um sixty five to Brayshaw was the best, and that was pretty solid, but all uh, of these eighty two to Chera. 82. Oh, that, that is true. There you go. Jarrell oh, is yeah. probably the one you can hang on to the longest. He yeah. seems to be consistently getting the highest scores. Yeah. Um, but, but the rest but of them, you need to be moving on. Banfield, Brayshaw. I mean, obviously, Crowden was dropped this week. So, if you somehow still have Crowden because you're patching up some of those defensive uh, rookies this week, yeah, yeah, you need to start getting rid of those. Guys. Alex, Alex Pierce is pretty well sure. concussed, so he's going to be out. So, mm. if you're keeping him just for a um, body on the, the bench, he's not even doing that anymore. I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if he did get concussed. I know Alan, Aaron Sanderland's got concussed. No, um, but, um, who was it? I think somebody, he copped an elbow to the face or something. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I think. Yeah, uh, I'll take your word for it. But, I mean, either way, he does need to be started to move out of a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's around about time. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to do what we do every week, split the podcast in two, and we'll be back in just a little bit with your questions from Twitter. And also, I mean, of course, risk it for the biscuits for this round ahead. Yes. So join us very shortly.